Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. On the Viewpoint. Africa is for Africans at home and abroad, Marcus Garvey said. The land belongs to African people. It was Africans who were invaded, colonized, and robbed. Africans are referred to the people of African ancestry, so-called coloreds included. England, Germany, USA, Israel does not belong to all who live in those Western countries. Why South Africa? I see this as an extension and camouflage of white domination as the Khwalis reflect in country. Tsenolo Mate Atau Khalashiwa in the Northern Cape. Those are her views. Appreciate them. Not necessarily always agreeing with them, but thank you so much for the engagement. If ANC wants to address issues, does it want to do so exclusively in prescriptive ways themselves? Or does it aspire to use a more collaborative approach? Those are some of the questions that have emanated from the first part of this discussion. But something which I think many South Africans, especially in the sports life and the social scene, will relate to is, well, do I need to say it again? Let's say, Zulu, I choose to live life after losing Zulu. We all know what happened in 2016, and the book is right in front of me beautiful one and I think this is my copy already because it has been given me under no conditions <laughs> on Wednesday 21 August the Nelson Mandela Foundation will host a conversation between Sal Hatang and Letecho Zulu on Letecho's new book I Choose to Live Life After Losing Google. In her memoir she writes candidly about her relationship and the bond she shared with her late motor racing legend and husband Guguzulu, who passed away in Mount Kilimanjaro in 2016. They were taking part in the Trek for Mandela expedition to raise funds for sanitary pads for schoolgirls, an initiative that continues. She shares now poignant details about the grueling summit attempt, which ended in tragedy after Gugu experienced respiratory problems resulting in his untimely death. Sissy, thank you so much for your strength. Thank you. Thank you so much for your presence, and more importantly, thank you so much for your voice and story. Thank you. Thank you In so your guys. words. Um, sure. So I penned this memoir. Um, it's taken me two years to do so. Um, you know, Gugu passed away three years ago um, on Mandela Day. And, um, you know, a lot of people have said to me, why have you taken so long? And I said, I wanted to, to, to take the time to process exactly what happened in my own time under no pressure. And um, I've done so in grave detail purely because I want to show the nation, I want to show the world that life can knock you down. Life is full of challenges. Um, there are so many obstacles on a daily basis, not just the death of, um, of a loved one, but we as, uh, as, as a human race, we face various challenges um, on a daily basis, but there is a way for you to get up dust yourself off and try again and continue living life. You know, a lot of us um, tend to be almost imprisoned by the grief of all the different kinds of challenges that we face in life. And this was a challenge for me. Um, you know, I have lost many other family members and friends previously, but it was Gugu's death that really knocked me upside of down. Of course, that was your husband. Yeah. Before we get into the detail of the book, mm. I was reading something that has always been played itself out in my mind that the struggles of an African woman who Mm. is a widow and how everyone has an an opinion as to how you should mourn a loss that is not theirs yes tell us about that yeah the the struggle of the African woman is a real struggle Um, I myself was faced with um, 
judgment, pure judgment from complete strangers. This is not how you mourn. This is not how this you should not, mourn. Yes, no, no, no. She's she's an African in the way she's choosing to mourn. Um, you know, it went that far. And, um, you know, fortunately or unfortunately for them, I have always been an, a, a very strong individual who follows her own, you know, I always go against the, the grain sure. and, and I follow my own path. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I stood firm in the choices that I made. You know, I chose to speak at his memorial. I chose to speak at his funeral, which is unseen. You know, I chose to go back on social media and continue sharing memories of um, of of his life. You know, I I continue to use my voice and and stand up for for myself, but also in the hopes of inspiring other Black African women who have loved and lost. I don't. Um, particularly use though I don't use the word widow because I find it very dark it's a very dark term that kind of suppresses women um, you know I refer to other men and women who have lost their loved ones as brothers and sisters in love and loss this takes me back to an experience and and we'll talk to it later on in terms of how in spite of all of this mm. first of all you have a baby yeah to raise mm-hmm before dealing with the emotion of the loss, you still have a child who is a child who has to be raised. Yeah. Who has to meet these people, I suppose, in many respects, it would have been those who are closest to you who have these opinions. Yeah. And who have these views about how Gugu's wife, so to speak, mm. should respond to Gugu's loss and mm. passing. Mm. How did you engage that? Because you're still a family. He might just physically not be there, but in every other respect, he is. He's there. still there. There's his child. Yeah, you are yeah. there. You've got his surname. You, you've got his history. You've got his life. Yeah. Memories. You've got his story. You're exactly. the best person to tell how we lost him. Yeah. And you still have to engage them on a day-to-day basis. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, it's a mindset. It's a decision that you make as a person, whether you're going to crumble or you're going to stand tall. Um, I didn't do it for our daughter. I did it for myself because the stance that I took was... If I'm well, she'll be well, and everyone else will be well. So I had to be selfish. In actual fact, it was one of those things that Google often used to say to me. Don't be afraid of being selfish with yourself. Make sure that you are well. Make sure that you are happy before you can make other people happy. How easy is that? How easy is that if that is naturally not who you are? When you make that decision, you know what? This is going to be about me because... If I am not in the best shape, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and otherwise, mm. I cannot be expecting that the next person around me be that way. In other words, you're raising a baby. Yeah. She needs to be healthy yeah. and in every respect healthy. Yeah. You could pass what negativity you have to her or yeah. what positivity you yeah. have to her. Yeah. How did you engage that? It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a mindset. It's a decision that you make. I'm a very conscious person, conscious of everything that I do, everything that I say. I'm not a robot, but I know how it is. You know, even I'll take it back to even when I was pregnant, I was very conscious of how I felt and how I carried myself during my pregnancy so as not to transfer any of my emotions onto my unborn child. You know, I ended up giving birth to a very peaceful child, you know, because I maintained that peace. I maintained my health and wellness and fitness right through my pregnancy. So that's just me giving you an example. So you, you, it is a mindset. It's a choice that you make as a person. I wasn't always that way, but this disaster mm. helped me somehow 
to channel myself in that direction. So at the end of the day, it's a choice that you make. A choice that you made some 15 years before he passed away, the love story. Yeah. We need to hear this because I think <laughs> it's actually as important as you choosing to live. Yeah. Because you choose to live because there is so much from where that comes from. Yeah. And it was built up over 15 years. It was. It was. You know, so we met when I was 16 years old. Good uh, <laughs> he was six years my senior. They used to call him a cradle snatcher. He was. <laughs> He certainly was. And, and, and you know what? In, 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 in retrospect, that was the best thing that could have happened to me because so much wisdom was passed on from him having experienced so many things ahead of me that he almost channeled a lot of these life lessons down to me, you know? So I, I, I can easily say part of who I am today is, you know, passed on from Googs. Googs, you say? Yes. Still affectionately referred to him as that. He was an older brother at some point, surely. I mean, you were 16, he was 21. <laughs> By the way, me and his younger sister are the same age. Case in point, <laughs> so I didn't know were. that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, you lose Ubuti. Yeah. On an adventure which was typical of your lives. Yes. You lived on the edge in the true sense. We did. And, well, the edge came to pass. Yeah. He fell off the edge. Mm. And you were right there. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have been the easiest thing in your life. Not at all, you know, but, but, you know, till today I say thank goodness for the love and support of South Africans. South Africa actually carried me in that time. You know, I'm in a foreign country um, and this could have literally shattered me into pieces. Um, the repatriation of a, 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 a lost loved one often takes other people two weeks up to a month. It took three days. Three you days. know, the country came together to make things happen. The country. The country. Let's talk to the country. Let's talk to the country. What did this country do? How did they do it? What made you feel this is South Africa? This, these are my people goodness without you know, these people i wouldn't be experiencing what i feel honestly from from getting googs from tanzania to here to getting onto that first flight coming back home that saa flight in dar es salaam and i met with i'm sorry mrs zulu at the door by the pilot to landing back at home i've never met any of my pilots <laughs> Yeah, to landing back at home and having a motorcade there to pick me up and salute the man that was. And the racing fraternity especially. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, to the, to the funeral that he received, the memorial service he had at Kailami Racetrack, you know, um... Yeah, the country came, really came together. And they've carried me thereafter. You know, I often get stopped by complete strangers in shopping malls who just want to give me a hug. I receive bouquets of flowers from complete strangers. I was tempted to do that early on. But Why I didn't, didn't I just, you? Protocol, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? So th the love continues three years later. It's been absolutely incredible. Thank you. At some point, you had to have been alone. The funeral has come and gone. Yeah. And inevitably, people have to continue with their lives. They have yeah. to go to work. They have to attend to their kids. They have to attend to their old ailments and problems. They, too, will experience loss not long after you. Yeah. And the mundane activities of their routines consume them. 
Yeah. And then at that point, you realize, actually, mm. he's not on some international trip. He's not racing. He mm. is not here, period. Mm. Mm. And the people who were with me in the morning period, if you will, yeah. also have to continue with their lives. Yeah. And then you start to think. Yes. What are your thoughts? Gosh, I tried to keep myself busy. I tried to, first, you know, just to rewind a bit, I was lucky to have the love and support of both our families. Mm. My mom and his parents and myself and his sister live within a five kilometer radius of each other. So that I didn't. That is critical. Yeah, very, very, very critical. So I, I didn't move back home immediately for, for t- three months. I was living between my mother's house and Gugu's parents' house, driving past my own because I'm in the middle. So that support structure is what kept me upright. And then when I eventually made my way back home, my mother moved in for six months. She lives down the road, but she moved in for six months. Talk to your mother. Talk to your mother-in-law. Talk to yourself now. Talk to them. It's Women's Month. The kind of strength you are speaking to and about yeah. A lot of the time is undocumented. Yeah. But this beautiful bouncing baby has been carried now effectively by three women. Yeah. Your mother, Gugu's mother, yeah. and you. Yeah. These important mbogodos in your life. Clearly it couldn't have happened without them as you're saying. Absolutely. You know, my mom, I know she's sleeping now because she had to put my daughter to sleep. Um, and Gugu's mom played the most critical, the most focal point of lifting me up and making sure that I don't fall. Um, I have said to people, I've even written a chapter in the book where I said, no man is an island. Don't forget to build those those strong relationships around you. Because those are the relationships that will carry you. I, I often say to them, I can't thank you enough. And they don't want me to thank them. A mother-in-law for many women out there mm. is a mother-in-law from hell. <laughs> Your experience is quite antithetical to that. Yeah. And that is important to get yeah. out. Yeah. Because it could quite easily have been, as is oftentimes the case. Yeah. The very opposite of your experience. Yeah. We dated for 13 years. <laughs> so um, perhaps that had something to do with it. I was essentially part of that family for a very long time, for a lifetime. You were her daughter before you were her daughter-in-law. Yeah. Something resonates in your story. 2004, I lost my dad. And Umama went through, in many respects, a lot of what you went through mm. alone. She had to carry us. We are nine kids at home. Wow. She lost her husband. Last year, she lost her son. It's her birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Mama. She turned 76. And oftentimes, one thinks, and the strength that that woman has had to exhibit, not necessarily to the outside world, but to those who should have had her back. Yeah. But instead, put something else in her back. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of my strength also comes from watching my mom and my gran. These are two women. So my gran lost her husband um, when my mom was five years old. 
my dad passed away when I was two years old. And these women single-handedly brought up their kids. I'm an only child, so my mom only had me, but my gran had five kids that she raised by herself. And just that strength, chin up. Chin up. Chin up, that's what it is. Do you want to read something that you've written there? Happy 76th birthday, Mama no do more. That's Echo Zulu's in studio, and for another five minutes after the news break, we're going to speak specifically about this beautiful book. I mean, whoever did the graphics here deserves an Oscar. I choose to live life after losing Google, says Letsejo, the late husband, and the beautiful pink by... Is it a boy or a girl? It's a girl, Leletu. Leletu. Mm. We're going to have that conversation. And I'm going to give you five minutes to speak uninterrupted about the process of picking up the pen, writing and every now and then smudging what you're writing with a teardrop. Yep. But choosing to carry on. Yeah. As opposed to, you know what, it's okay. Hmm. I know what happened. I don't need to tell the story. Yeah. But you felt sufficiently moved to make it. As you were saying earlier, it was a South African story. Yeah. Your story, primarily, but a South African story. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your voice. Thank you so much for your, for your courage, more importantly. It's 2059. It's in studio. She'll be with us for another five minutes. It's Women's Month, and we don't forget those are women who still continue to exhibit the kind of strength that Tsecho has, despite and in spite of the most harshest of experiences any human being can ever be expected to go through. It's 21 hours. SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Songhezo Mapete on The Viewpoint. Good evening, Songhezo. It's Twilight in Cape Town. Um, I know this is uh, the issue of mourning. Uh, yeah, in Africa, it's an issue that we need to have the full show for it, and then we we discuss it as, as South Africans. Uh, but uh, what I can share tonight is that on my little research that I did, you see these things that we're being told that are our culture, these black clothes that uh, our women have to wear whenever they've lost their husband. These things are not are not Africans, are not South Africans. These things were brought here by German missionaries. And then for those who went to church first and who converted to those things, are the ones that brought these things to the communities. Uh, and then along the way, it happened that it became something they call now, is our culture. It's, it's not. And we, we really need to one day have a full show to discuss about this thing. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of things that I really not South Africans I mean, uh, South African cultures and and people are using them to tell us that these these are our cultures and that those things are not, as far as I'm concerned. It's Twala in Cape Town. Thank you so much, Twala in Cape Town. Sislezejo, what did we speak about just before we heard Twala's voice note? No, he just said, I need to come back to the show to come and speak about exactly what Twala just said. Because it is important. It's very important. Because there are not many Letsejo Zulus out there no, who have the strength of the support system to go. Who have the voice. Who have the voice. Yeah. And many of them get lost as a result. Exactly. 
Final comments on I choose to live life after losing Google. You know, penning this memoir was one of the hardest things I ever did. Um, The first five chapters are literally about exactly what happened on Kilimanjaro, the untold story. You know, when I came back to South Africa back in 2016, the media was on me like a rash, and I chose to give them the surface story because I wanted to deal with it in my own time. It took me a good six to eight months to pen down those first five chapters. I'd write one paragraph, two paragraphs at a time, put it down and come back a week or two later. It was one of the hardest things I could ever do, but I wanted to do it because I felt that stories like this need to be told because other women's stories have lifted me up and have gotten me to where I am today. I share a lot of life lessons, and one of them is, um, lesson number two in my book, is learn from others, because many have gone before me. Many other women have lost their husbands before me, and, you know, I have a handful of women that I surrounded myself with, including my own mother and grandmother, who also lost their um, their significant others. Um, I've learned that, you know, having a partner is a privilege. It's not a right. And therefore, when they depart, don't lose yourself. Um, I have learned that grief is actually a teacher. It's, it's, a, it's, it's like riding a roller coaster. It has its ups and downs, and there is no manual. Um, as Ndate Twala mentioned a few moments ago, the African culture tends to impose so much on people who have loved and lost. But at the end of the day, there is no manual. Nobody said that we have to do, you know, things a certain way. We need to learn to deal with grief in our own ways, in our own times, with respect from those around us. Um, I talk about living life to the full, because at the end of the day, those that depart before us have lived their lives the rest of us that are still standing here on earth mm. still have a life ahead of us. And we tend to forget that. We tend to allow grief to freeze us. We tend to allow other people to freeze us. And at the end of the day, it's a choice that you need to make. Because those that are gone would indeed want us to continue living our lives. We're only gifted this life once, and when it's gone, it's gone. Once. 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 We After tend, we, yo, sorry, we tend to say, Baringan, um, you, you, you live once, or you. You only live once. You yeah. only live. No, you don't. You live every day. Many of us are on autopilot, and we're not living. Just you surviving. actually live every day. You die once. You live every day. You die once. I'm going to read this book like many South Africans in the world over, really. After reading the last page and turning to the cover at the back, what do you want me to take out of this experience, this journey? I want you to take the fact that life is there to shake you. You will be hit with obstacles left, right and center. But it's your choice to get up, Dust yourself off and try again. Simple as that. 
I dedicate this book to Guguletu Matebula Zulu, the fastest brother in Africa, my loving husband and a doting dad to Leletu. I lost you at the height of your motorsport career and shortly after you became a dad, but I take comfort that you will always be remembered. You left an indelible mark in many people's lives and for that I know you will never be forgotten. Heaven gained a star in you. Keep shining. Let's say huzul. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We appreciate your story. Long live. Long live. Never be forgotten. 2111, let's take a quick ad break before we continue the conversation with Dr. Bandile Masugu, the Gauteng MEC for Health here in the province, who was here this time last week. And as true to his word, he is back. I'm not going to ask him many questions. Prepare yourselves to get onto that dial. 0891-104-207. Ask him any question. And he insists... Ask the hard questions. I don't know the kinds of experiences that the Gautengers have. Ask those questions. He will answer them, and I'll hold him to task. And we're going to ask him whether or not there has been any progress with the meeting that Musa wanted to have, the healthcare practitioner specifically focusing on ethics in healthcare. Stay tuned on this conversation with Dr. Bandile Masugu as we give final hugs and kisses to Sister Tsekho Zulu. I choose to live life after losing Gugu.